Hey everybody, welcome to Bible Thump. I am Radio Matt, and Bible Thump is where we take the Bible and we thump you with it. Not really. It feels like that sometimes, uh, because we're trying to challenge you to be a better believer, to, to, to think about the situations in your life from a different angle than we tend to think. And though Drew has been doing that by taking you through the Gospel of Mark lately, I have a different message that I'm hoping to challenge you with today. I'm filling in for Drew because Drew is at Gen Con this week, along with uh, several other of our Love Thy Nerd family. And I'm very excited for them because I believe this is the first conference they've actually got to go to in a while, possibly two years. I don't remember. It's been a while, been a dang while. Uh, so I'm excited for them there, and I was more than happy to fill in for Drew this week. And uh, the challenge I want to bring to you is one that I think is more and more difficult in our society today, because it's tough. It's tough to have a Christian worldview here in America, because every day I, th- I think we feel like we're losing ground on on things that we know to be sinful, on things that we know are harmful to society, that are becoming more and more accepted as as normal, uh, even socially righteous. And what do we do as Christians? Well, I, I, maybe not so much in the Love Thine Earn community, but I know within the Christian community, especially on social media, the general response is a form of protest to furiously type out angry comments about how the world is displeasing to God and, and all these things. And sure, while that may be true in, in many instances, that's not how we're really called to approach the world. And we'll talk about this. But I'm going to say, first off, that I feel like a hypocrite even saying this. Because if you knew me back in, in college or or read, read my first blog that I did right out of high school, you'd know that that was practically all I did back then was protest in some form or another, go on long diatribes about the world, the current state of affairs in America, and the downward spiral we all saw coming in morality. But looking back, I had to ask myself, what did that protesting accomplish? I know I managed to offend a lot of people who weren't Christians while simultaneously not being a good witness to them, and they became my enemies, and I treated them as such. And, you know, I still screw up with all that from time to time, as most vocal Christians do. Let me give you an example that I remember from a few years ago. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, And for those who don't watch the show, Doctor Who is very much accepting of uh, homosexuality to to the point where it doesn't really get preachy about it. It just instead presents it as normal. No character ever has a problem with it. And if a, a gay or bi or pansexual character hits on a straight character, there's no like awkwardness. It's just flattery. They basically present the, the, the ideal mindset for the LGBT community. It's, it's this, this is just normal life. That's what they present it as. And that's just fine for some people because it's just a story. Uh, It's in a world full of living trees, talking skin flaps, robot beings, and living statues that feed on time energy. Well, it's it's all fantasy anyway. But uh, a few years into the, the reboot of Doctor Who, an actor behind one of the most beloved characters from those early years, and I think he's recently made some reappearances in, in uh, with the newest season, uh, John Barrowman, married his longtime boyfriend uh, in a state where gay marriage had been legal before it was legal nationwide. And uh, there was a Doctor Who fan page that I was a part of that decided to post some of the pictures from the, their wedding and congratulate them and 
and several Christians lost their mind and lost control of their typing fingers, posting some very rude and terrible things that I'm not comfortable repeating here. However, some who disagreed were very civil and kind in voicing their opposing opinions, yet the response from the uh, the, the, the pro-gay marriage supporters here was the same for both the angry responses and the kind, respectful responses. Protest, no matter how well-meaning, always sends the wrong message to the lost. Their response was anger. It's my belief that Christians are not supposed to protest. Now, you might have a different belief and a different interpretation, but I'm going to make my case. I'm not saying Christians are supposed to just be happy when the world becomes more and more sinful, but I am saying that that protesting the sinful acts of others does not do anything for the kingdom of God. Christians are supposed to preach the gospel message, making disciples of all nations. That was the decree that Jesus brought to us before his ascension. And so we continued reading as the disciples went out to do just that. The disciples left the areas where Jesus preached and went out into civilizations that lived very differently than they did, such as the Roman Empire. And there you could find slavery, idolatry, corruption, and so many other forms of immorality. Yet we notice that the message the disciples brought did not change. They didn't alter it to fit this new land with this different culture. They weren't working to change the society. They were working to change hearts. The state of society is a symptom of the state of the hearts of man. You see, protest of uh, you know abortion as a whole, let's use that because that's been in the news recently. The protest of abortion as a whole, thinking that if we can just make it illegal again, we will have done God's work. We're so focused on the politics of the situation that we ignore the hearts. Abortion likely isn't really going to go anywhere for a long, long time if we ever get there. But if a woman hears the message of God and gets saved, if she's ever in that situation in the future, that would be one less abortion, right? Isn't that God's work? Changing the hearts to where that desire no longer exists? We can't change God's message to fit our political agendas our social agendas. God's message is perfect as it is, and it's the only goal that we should have, saving souls. Not affecting political or social change outside of the church. Our behavior as Christians is determined by our God and our Savior, not by the circumstances we find ourselves in, good or bad. Now, now I understand what I'm saying might sound defeatist or, or just different from the way you've been thinking. And you might be asking, if we're not supposed to protest or or work for social change, how will any of the worldly evil ever be put right? If we're supposed to just sit back and allow this stuff to happen, aren't we just losing? Well, let me tell you something. When it comes to the ultimate fate of society, we will lose. We have, in fact, lost. Sure, we may hold back the flood for a little while, but ultimately sin overtakes a society and... That's because most of society is lost, and that will always be the case. How long have Christians been fighting for against all these different social changes that have become law and legal? We've been showing up to vote against everything in strong numbers, but every election 
they're back on the table and every election, the margins got thinner and thinner and suddenly they're law and they're okay in the eyes of the, of society at large. Like think about the protests against gay marriage. What were we protesting for really? Was it because we were trying to suppress the sinful behavior of others? No. Married or not, that sinful behavior was still going to continue. Were we trying to preserve a Christian nation? Maybe, but there's so many other battles you could take on in that war. Was it because we decided to be offended on behalf of God? Bingo. Marriage is a Christian institution. God made marriage between one man and one woman. God's not dead, people. If he wants to stop something, he can do it himself. We have no right to speak for him or be offended on his behalf. He's God. I'm not saying he wanted to allow this to happen, but I am saying he did allow it to happen. And he's allowed sinful things to happen all throughout history. That's what makes faith, that's what makes us giving our lives over to God an important thing. Truth is, God makes this very clear in the Bible. The world is going to get so much worse than this, and it won't be corrected until Jesus Christ returns. We only see society as the worst today because we're living in it. I would argue that the Roman Empire was much worse than present-day America in many ways. But God's message of salvation and hope is not bound by our present circumstances. It's not bound by time. It's a message that's eternal. God did not tell us to seek social justice, to seek political change, to protest our leaders and complain about our circumstances. He didn't give us that call or even the rights to do so. He told us to spread the gospel, not rules, not list of ways people are sinning, not condemnation, but the gospel. Now you may be asking, but what about Jesus? He got up in the faces of leaders in his time and called them vipers. He protested and worked for change in his society. Yes, Jesus did confront the leaders of his time. But the leaders he confronted were spiritual leaders, men who claimed to be the servants of God who were corrupt and leading people astray. He was cleaning up the body of the church, not trying to change society around him. In fact, except for a stubborn fig tree, pretty much the only times Jesus let his anger out on others, it was for that very reason, corruption in the house of God. But when asked questions about politics or taxes or violence in society, Jesus made little to no comment on it other than to tell them to recognize authority. Luke twenty twenty five. he said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus never called for us to protest the world, to fight back against changes in society. In fact, he said quite the opposite. In Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42, he says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, leave him your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. His message might sound too weak. Do not fight back. But in reality, isn't that the toughest thing to do? To show love in response to hate? To show mercy in response to sin? To consider it a blessing and an opportunity to show God's love when we're taken advantage of? 
Matthew 5, 43 through 45 says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rains on the just and the unjust. It's here we see the only form of protest Jesus calls for. Prayer. And isn't that the most powerful anyhow? See, we're called to respond to this world based not on the actions of society, but on the actions of God. No matter what this world does, our response should be one of righteousness and love because our only goal with regards to the lost is to show them Jesus. God never calls us to try and change the ways of the lost, only their hearts, even if their sinful ways start to place an unfair or unjust burden on us. When the disciples encountered their people being used as slaves in the Roman Empire, even though slavery was seen as wrong even then, they did not protest or take stands to try and free them, but instead they told their Christian brothers this in 1 Peter 2.18, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. They were told to accept their circumstances and choose to be Christ-like, because if you are trusting God, then wherever he puts you, you are there to do good and to be a witness for the Lord. Human rights, as we understand them, are not in the Bible. They are things that us humans have decided we should be afforded. But Christians are not given such rights by God. In fact, we are called to give up our rights and focus on giving glory to God, sharing the gospel with all who have an ear to hear and an eye to see. No matter how peaceful and respectful our protest, it is still us trying to change society from the outward perspective, to assert our beliefs on the world, and that is incompatible with sharing the gospel. It's two separate methods of spreading God's word, one through loving offering and one through attempted force. We're called to administer change on this world, yes, but through ministering to the lost and sharing God's love, not by trying to make them sin less. That wouldn't change the world anyway, because again, the tilting of society towards sinful behavior is a symptom of the individual hearts within that society. The only effective way to affect change in society is to change the hearts within it. And the only way to change a heart is to share with it the love, mercy, compassion, and forgiveness of God. I'm Radio Matt. This has been Bible Thump. I hope I've given you something to think about. Even if you disagree with me, I hope you have taken a moment to think about what I've said, and maybe you'll consider and pray on it. I've prayed on it for many, many years to get to this position, and I believe I presented a good scriptural case, and there's more, and I could go on, but this is supposed to be a short forms <laughs> devotional, so I'll stop right here. Drew Diction should be back next Sunday. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And remember, Jesus loves you, nerd.